Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of... The Ca- Fuck me. What's going on, Mason? Great start. Incredible. I don't Big get day. It. Big day. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Caravan of Garbage, where, yes, we're going to be going through the first three Jurassic Park movies, aren't we, Mason? Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. That's right. Wah, wah. We can't obviously use the licensed music. No, 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 they'll, no. They'll come for us. <laughs> Amblin Entertainment will, 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 will send some dinos after us. They'll fly in on a little bicycle That's right. and decapitate us. With radios. That's right. With photoshopped radios. <laughs> that Kathleen Kennedy will come Ooh, for us. You know? I got some Kathleen Kennedy uh, information in this. But anyways, if people could leave a like on this video, that would be... Terrific. But before we get into all things Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Mason, say that dumb thing you think about Jurassic Park. Say the thing, Mason, that the, is obviously wrong. The dumb thing that I say, James, is that as far as I'm concerned, every movie in the Jurassic Park slash world franchise is of roughly the same quality. Now, bearing in mind, <laughs> I haven't seen some of them. <laughs> so, go. <laughs> That's that's ridiculous. But I stand by the thing. <laughs> but you haven't seen two or three. Correct, Which yes. we'll be covering. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to come back to every week to see whether or not, you know, your opinion kind of shifts on that because they kind of go in, you know, interesting and strange and, you know, I think some good directions. That being said, I have seen, of course, the most recent two Jurassic World movies. Yes. And I cannot recall a single thing that happens in any of them. <laughs> so in order to fairly judge... The sequels, mm. I might have to rewatch the world movies. Again. Wow. Yeah, right. That's incredible. Mm. What an incredible uh, thing you're but doing. It's interesting, though, isn't it? I think this so. one is full of wonder and magic or yes. what have you. But the Jurassic World movies are like, what if we put a Margaritaville in? <laughs> you know, I think that's a fascinating, like, yeah. like pe- people are like, okay, well, actually, the, the, the Jurassic World movies, they're just completely, they're, they're, they're absolutely nothing because it's just, oh, it's just a. Boring park or whatever. Yeah, but that's the... It's kind of the point, yeah. It's, 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 it's heavy-handed satire, and I love that, James. Oh. I remember the thing, Margaritaville. There you go, you remember the thing. Well, it's interesting you say that because Steven Spielberg, in getting this movie, he knew that Michael Crichton was working on this book, which came out, you know, I think around 1990, and he was oh. like, my God, I need this book. So apparently they paid $2 million <laughs> for the rights. 
Not just the book, I want to make a movie sure. of the book. <laughs> Stephen, you can stop at the airport and get this book. <laughs> so Michael Crichton was paid $2 million for the rights to the novel before it was published. James Cameron was reading it and was like, I want this, right? Oh, this is a kind, Give of, me it. This is kind of the director equivalent of uh, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting over various roles. Yes, like uh, Stop on My Mom Will Shoot. Is, this gonna be, is it going to be revealed that James Cameron actually didn't want Jurassic Park because he <laughs> no, thought no. dinosaurs were stupid and in the end he's like, ha, ha, ha. Enjoy throwing $2 million down the toilet, Spielberg. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, he wanted to make a version that was more frightening and I guess also in line with a couple of things, one being Aliens, which mm. he also directed, and also the book is quite dark and it's got and like... dull. I don't think so. Have you read it? <laughs> yeah. I like There's it. There's a lot of computer diagrams. Well, that is certainly that true. Well, what's fascinating about it, because this is, I believe, the second Crichton, Michael Crichton-based franchise we have discussed because we've, all, we've also talked about... The, the movie original. Congo in our normal everyday lives. Yeah, we talk about that constantly. But on yeah. this video series, we've also talked about the movie Westworld. Oh, Westworld. Which is also a Michael Crichton creation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think what we learned from that one is that while Michael Crichton is great at inventing incredible worlds... Yeah. He's perhaps not great at putting a narrative through that world. Sure, he needs a, a director like Spielberg to just really, really, really ramp up that tension, you know, and the magic. Yeah, magic. you're absolutely right. So one of the things, and James Cameron has even admitted to this begrudgingly, not begrudgingly, he seemed very happy to say this, was that Spielberg was the right choice for this because Spielberg came at it from his perspective from when he was a kid of this like wonder and awe of dinosaurs and you know the Ray Harryhausen era and King Kong and all of those things. So things from the book that like John Hammond is basically evil Walt Disney and he gets like a big come up and stuff like that was just taken out. You know what uh -huh, I mean? Yeah. Like the weirder and dark stuff was mostly taken out. And even things like Alan Grant and Ali Sattler, they're like a mentor and mentee in that. They're not in a relationship because he's much older. But this, they're like, nah, they can be in love and do kisses, I reckon. Oh, yeah. you know, just bring some of the magic, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. a man and a woman can't be friends, is Steven Spielberg's point. That's the point he was making. He's putting his foot down. Yeah. What I think it does really well, though, uh, to kind of sell that, well, there's obviously the dinosaurs, but it's also that every single person... I didn't see any dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is that every single main character in this despite their scepticism at various points through the mm -hmm. movie, they do have moments of like, oh my God. Like even the lawyers, like from his perspective, <laughs> is like it's obviously a money-making thing, but even he, even he's taken aback mm. by the awe of it. Even even a lawyer, a man with lizard <laughs> DNA. Yeah, that's right. Is, is, is filled with awe and wonder at the sight of these dinosaurs. What's interesting, my, my, my because I haven't seen this in a number of years, mm. some of the stuff that, that jumped out at me, First of all... The dinosaurs. They I, go, rah! I, I didn't see any didn't dinosaurs. Didn't see any? But um, that Hammond wants Grant and Sadler to visit Jurassic Park so they can like sign off on the park's authenticity for the investors. William Sadler, yes. Which is fascinating because these days they'd be like, we don't need accuracy. No. Who cares? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> what are you saying right now? And also, I love it that you know he brings them these in. These days they're just bringing influencers, right? Yeah, that's right. And they just take a selfie with a whatever, and then, mm. and then, and then you're, you're off, you're off, are you? But I, I, I think one of the things this movie does really well is... Mr. You know, Beast to be there and be like, I'm going to create a real-life Jurassic Park. And they'd be like, Mr. 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 Beast, you're already in a Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, this is we've, done, we've, we've done it already. <laughs> I think one of the things that's really great about this movie is that it's kind of cast like Star Wars. Like, you've got, like, Richard Attenborough, who I guess, you know, he's your old-school kind of British actor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But everyone else is not unknown, but kind of, you know, Jeff Goldblum's in The Fly, Sam Neill was in 
various projects, you know what I mean, prior to, okay. prior to that. We've caught you attempting to think of an Australian or New Zealand movie the, and you can't do the it. The one where he's blind. The one where he's blind, Mason. Or maybe Hugo Weaving's blind. That's proof. That Hugo might be Weaving a, is that that It's a Hugo movie. Weaving movie. I'm, right, I'm sorry. Hugo, yes. Now, there's a couple of reasons I think this works. One, because it's cheap, which means you can, you know, you bring the budget right down. Apparently, they wanted Kurt Russell initially for Alan Grant, or he was one of the many names, and he wanted an exorbitant fee, you know, Mm. and they were like, no, absolutely not. So they got... Because he's he's got that Disney blessing, you know? Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. That's that's a fun fact people should look up. Or here it is on the screen, just quickly. Ah, you missed it. So, and also, them being relatively unknown, I think, works. You know, as opposed to like getting big name actors to run around and be like, I'm a paleontologist. You're like, you're not a paleontologist. You're Meg Ryan or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Who's a famous person. In that era, she was very famous. That's right. And still famous, Mason. But I think also, here's something that's fascinating to me. One of the criticisms of this movie at the time was, and this quote is from Variety, but there's... Was a, it, it'll be roughly the same quality as its sequels? <laughs> no, Mason. Mm. Uh, yeah, this quote is from Variety, and there's a bunch of others that are pretty much along these lines, that the characters are one-dimensional. And I think, especially compared to, like, the newer ones, mm. but on first viewing, I think all you would take away from this was, man, those dinosaurs, hey? But there are so many good... <laughs> character moments in this yeah that you you know that you kind of that have become more iconic you know over the years you know little laughs little quips ellie sadler is sassy it's sattler by the way it's sadler it's sattler well it might not be okay (laughs) ian malcolm is horny yes alan grant takes a huge amount of glee frightening and traumatizing children (laughs) and he does it the entire time he certainly does doesn't he whether it be threatening a child with a claw or Pretending he's being electrocuted <laughs> and leaving them alone in a park filled with dinosaurs. He'll do it. He'll do it. He loves it. Yeah. And speaking of the park, one of the things I love about this movie is that it never feels like a safe place. For one, just look at all those 1990s computer interfaces and I'm like, oh no, I remember stuff like this. Just not good to navigate. That was your fear, wasn't it? That was my fear. Not that you're, in a, in a, you're, you're stranded on an island with dinosaurs. No, no, no. You wouldn't get internet access. I'd see that weird floating park system where you got to lock and unlock the doors and I'm like, none of this is labelled, it's just all... <laughs> 3D boxes, I'm flying through space. Oh, the worst. I mean, just a nod to what people thought future computers would be at the time, the flying through boxes, the turning DNA with virtual reality glass. Oh, yeah, love all of that. Beautiful. But even things like there's no seatbelts on the cars, there's, you know, the dinosaur embryos. And there's no bloody seatbelts in life, let me tell you that much. That's very true, except for in cars. But yeah. Oh, there's tons, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's even spelling errors on the dinosaur embryos. Now, that's probably like a mistake on the production side, but I like the idea of just being like, eh, who cares? You know what I mean? Engineers can't spell. Yeah, well, and it's also like, it's, it's a shoddily and quickly made park. Like, it's poorly designed. <laughs> it's interesting that right at the start of the movie, they're trying to get a raptor into its cage. Yeah. And in order to get that raptor in the cage, you have to get one guy to stand precariously on top of the cage <laughs> and open a gate while it's just wobbling and the dinosaur's trying to slash at you. Yeah, yeah. What an incredible system. I agree. 
So uh, I wanted to talk about this system and in particular the character of Dennis Nedry. Okay. Who people refer to as a villain because of his villainous activities. Mm -hmm, But I would argue that he's just a man who was severely underpaid. So the background of this character in the movie is... And they keep calling him fat. And they keep saying that. And it's rude. Don't do that. At one point, all right. I mean, it's it's rude, but also there is a great line where Hammond at one point is like, where's Nedry? Check the vending machines. (laughs) Check if he's stuck in the vending machines like Homer Simpson. So InGen, apparently... Fuck me. Oh, man, I need to go to a vending machine for a cough drop, Mason. Oh, yes. Do you like this extended material oh, that I leave in? That's okay. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah, no, I love it. They're good. So John Hammond's company, InGen, they hold a bidding war for the position of lead programmer, okay. right? So Nedry won this. And uh, upon being introduced to his position on Isla Nubar, he found that he had severely underbid on the job. And there were just there was just an immense amount of technical issues and all this crazy programming that he hadn't anticipated. And it's mostly him and Samuel L. Jackson who's just just punching darts the entire time. Great cigarette in mouth acting, by the way. Some of my favorite words. Great cigarette in mouth acting. What I loved about it is that it was a abnormally subdued performance by Samuel L. Jackson for a bit. <laughs> but you cannot hold him back for too much longer. No. You, yeah, sorry, you cannot hold him back too long before he just explodes into full Samuel Jackson <laughs> at some point. You're absolutely right. So yeah, this unexpected larger workload and then his low salary, that's the reason mm. he went out of his way to kind of get paid properly. And I think... <laughs> Just By gi- potentially getting everybody killed. Yeah, give him more money, you know? I mean, yeah, he's not a great guy, mm. but what are you doing? Spared no expense. He keeps saying that, but it's mm. just, you look around and it's just not true. Why are there like eight staff? You know That's what I mean? Great point. There's like a lot of scientists and then like eight blokes just being like, this is fucked. Who's, we're, we're, this is <laughs> out of control. Spent a lot of time, spent a lot of money and time on that sort of, Platform that the, uh, the the park guests turn on so they can see scientists at work. Not a lot on programming safety features, hey. Was it John Hammond's plan to just do every one of those tours? Just just do it like eight times a day, taking everybody through. I mean, he's a showman. He had his flea mm. circus. So that's what he wants to do. He wants to be up front and he wants to do his little sing and dance kind of mm. song and dance act, right? I mean, maybe for a while, but I'd imagine, you know. They bring in an animatronic. Sure, yeah, or a lookalike. <laughs> or a lookalike. Or David Attenborough. Yeah, why not? He's mm-hmm. cheap, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I want to talk about um, bringing dinosaurs to life. Okay. Not literally, Mason. Ask me if they can make a Jurassic Park now. Can they do it? No, Mason, don't be an idiot. We're obviously not there yet. Oh, my sense of wonder. I do want to say, though, you know the bit where everyone's like, you shouldn't do this, this is a bad idea. Nah, 100% do it. I don't care. <laughs> I, like, just do it. Put some good fences up. Maybe, sure. a, mo- maybe a moat. I don't know, you know what I mean? You're a big picture guy. Yeah, yeah. Don't, like, alter their DNA because, you know, they'll alter it back and then they can breed. Just, like, neuter them with, like, big, like, hedge. Bolt cutters. Yeah, bolt cutters. That'll do it. It'll be fine. Don't ever worry Uh about it. But anyways, to bring them to life, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a few things that play here. A lot of things, actually. I feel like it's the culmination of old and new technology just working in perfect harmony. You know what I mean? Go on. So Stan Winston did with his team. Oh, I thought you meant in the... Narrative of the movie. I was going to say DNA. No, no, no. Oh, there, there's, there's, there is the DNA, yes. Yeah. B.D. Wong yes. is involved, of course. There he is. I, you know, I, I spent every scene that he was in, like, searching for signs he was going to go bad. Yeah. But he never did. He didn't even have a moustache. Didn't even have a moustache at the time. <laughs> well, I don't think he does now either, but, you know. B.D. Wong, you devil. <laughs> you absolute devil. 
But so yeah, there were the Stan Winston suits, like the Raptor suits, for mm-hmm. example. There's there's like people like hunched over in those, very uncomfortable. But uh-huh. they you know they're very realistic. There's an enormous T Rex rig that could bend and snap like you know really really quickly. It got bogged down with water at one point because you know the scene in the rain, so it would like jutter like and people were like oh you know what I mean. <laughs> Very nervous situation. Had to get a crew member to squeeze it out. Yeah. Well, they were coming in just like hitting it with towels. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Trying to like trying to dry it off. So they actually initially got Phil Tippett, who came in to do go motion, which is like an advanced version of stop motion, oh. right? And he hired a whole team to complete the fifty shots that were required. And if you see it, like yeah, it's incredible, right? But Steven Spielberg was like, "This is too jerky. I'm not really sure this is the way to go." So a couple of guys, Steve Williams and Mark Az Dip, were hired. Just originally create like motion blur for the stop motion dinosaurs, so you get rid of some of that jank. And they were expressly forbade from developing a, like a computer generated T Rex or anything like that. Interesting. So, so they did it anyway. They put it up on a monitor. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy walked past and oh, she was. Kathleen Kennedy. I know, right? Because she was obviously Spielberg's producer for years and also a very good producer. I just want to point out she's like put together some amazing movies. And she walked past, not by chance, like they set it up and she was like, What's that? And so she told Spielberg. And then they were hired to do this work, basically putting Phil Tippett and his team out of work. Whoa. That line of like, and a lot of people know this, maybe you even, like, I think we're extinct. That was his reaction to seeing that, just being like, oh my God, my life's work. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's probably held a grudge. Well, no. He hasn't, he hasn't uh, snuck to those guys' uh, workplace and with a can of fake can of shaving cream and put all their USB sticks in and snuck out with it? Maybe he did. Because by your logic, James, he'd be perfectly justified doing it, wouldn't he? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I'm just saying I understand his motivations, Mason. Do you think Nedry should come back? Yes. Right. I mean, he can't, but yes. He could come back. We don't see him torn to shreds. That's true. Maybe he beat that... <laughs> Little spitty dinosaur in single combat in that truck. Maybe he did. And he did. retrieved the shaving can, and he went off, and now he's infused with dinosaur DNA. Wow! In the in the new one, we haven't that, seen it yet. That but. would be incredible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway, so Phil Tippett, they actually got him back to create these dinosaur input devices or DIDs, where basically he's doing stop motion with these electronic devices, which then transfer that kind of movement to the computer models. Uh-huh. So they ended up using. Like him for that. He also did a bunch of stop motion animatics for like the scenes with the T Rex and the cars and 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 the Raptors in the kitchen. So he he didn't get completely put out of work, but he's but still it was this was basically the death of stop motion in big budget movies. You know what I mean? Other than you know you, you, it still exists, but. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You don't see a movie like this really using stop motion anymore. Wow. And it's your fault, is what I'm saying. That T-Rex scene, though. Go on. My goodness. Just incredible Which moments. T-Rex? Which T-Rex? That bust down the fence. You see it being, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. pinged apart. It comes down next to the car and, the like, the pupil dilates when mm. the light hits it. Obviously, the toilet. The toilet bit, Mason. <laughs> the toilet bit. That whole sequence. Was that lawyer wearing shorts the whole time? I like, think he like, was. Like, the, like, walking shorts and a suit jacket? <laughs> yeah. But don't you just think that whole sequence is just... It's phenomenal, it is. right? Yeah. It's probably better than anything else in any other Jurassic Park movie. No, I don't know. Or at very least equal to. Have you seen Jimmy Buffett running down the street? He's got holding two margaritas. <laughs> he, does have, he does have two margaritas. Yeah. What about that scene where that woman is unnecessarily torn to shreds for the crime of being a bad babysitter? You said that was your favourite part of the movie. Uh, yep. Both of us think that. That's right. Apparently, I learned recently that actor requested a horrible death. That's oh, okay. why she got one. Okay, great. It, was, it wasn't the filmmakers being unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> but yeah, I just think there's so many wonderful sequences and they've clearly been mapped out perfectly to use both suits and then CGI. And mm-hmm. you can now tell, you know, if a raptor's jumping on a kitchen bench, you know, you know what's up. Do know what's but up. I just think the way it transitions between puppetry and CGI is incredible. And it really does, like, I know we talked about aliens in the start, where I said aliens, and you went, oh, really? Mm. It does kind of turn into aliens. I'm doing it again. Mm. <laughs> it does kind of turn into yeah, aliens sure. at, at yeah. the end, right? Yeah. And here's a fun little fact that I saw, probably on IMBD Trivia. IMBD Wong Trivia. Oh. Uh, so the big Velociraptor, it appears to only kill for fun in order to get revenge, right? Because yeah, she understands sure. that she's been locked up against her will. So she's not the one that kills Robert Muldoon. She's the one ahead. Because if she had have started eating people, she would have been like, I'm full, I don't want to hunt. So she doesn't eat anybody. She just, she's just killing people. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I think that's terrific. Mm. Yeah. You know what's terrific about this movie? So many iconic lines. Speaking I agree. of Muldoon, ooh, clever girl. Yeah. What uh, about the bit, that weird laugh that Jeff Goldblum does? <laughs> I can't do it. You mean you know? Sure. That's good. I like that a lot. Any more iconic lines? The one where he, uh, Goldblum. It's all, it's all Goldblum. What about the, yeah, he does, I was going to say, what about the big pile of shit line? That's also him, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. Or like, uh, so, preoccup- so preoccupied with uh, whether or not they could <laughs> think about whether or not they should <laughs> Perfect. i loved how having just invited just a bunch of 
esteemed doctors yeah. to to his place just to, to evaluate it. They just rinsed him at <laughs> the dinner. Entire time. That's all that is sucks. No sugar coating at all. This is bad. You're a bad person. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. This is gonna go wrong. You're gonna lose your business. Yeah, you do kind of feel you got a stupid hat. You, you feel sim. He actually initially had a death scene where like a yeah. raptor like clawed his chest. He dies in the book as well. Yeah. He gets eaten by compies. But he's a bad dude in the book. Like he doesn't care about his grandkids. He's like, eh, fuck them, whatever. You know, I kind of like the way they turned him into this. Like I'm just a, I'm the greatest showman. I'm Hugh Jackman. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you get that vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about the original ending to this? Then you can tell us. I don't. I'll I will, tell you. I will. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They all team up and go out for ice cream. That's right. The humans and the dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Mm. I and feel then like the dinosaurs die because they're lactose intolerant. I feel like ha- the dinosaurs having ice cream with humans could be something that happens in the newer movies. You mm, know? That's right. Yep. Yeah. So in the original script, and I don't think this is good, and I'm glad they took it out. The T Rex skeleton in the lobby that was hooked James up. James Skellington. The T Rex skeleton in the lobby. It was thank you. It was hooked up to like pulleys, and Alan Grant kind of puppets it to kind of kill the raptors, right? Oh. He like stomps them and like crushes them in is its the, mouth. Is the, is the living T Rex involved somehow? No, not at all. Oh. So Spielberg was like, "We need to get the T Rex back, and we're going to make you know, we're going to make her a good person or a good <laughs> dinosaur for the rest of these movies." And uh-huh. this is the turning point, sure, where it just happens to save these people. Mm-hmm. And look, there's been a lot of talk. And then salute the American flag <laughs> with its tiny little hands. <laughs> you can't really tell, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also been, you know, a, a complaint of this movie, or people call it a mistake of like, how did nobody hear the T-Rex kind of sneak in at the end? Tippy toes. Or that. Phil tippy toes. It's Phil tippy toes. I was, was going to say John Williams' beautiful score, but oh. yeah, that also. If you got that blaring, you're not going to hear it. Great score. That's my way of saying this was a great score, et cetera, and Terrific. so forth. Including also shout out uh, to the sound design, which was led by Gary Rydstrom. So things like redwoods were cut down and hit the ground, and that's the T-Rex stomping noises. Ah. All the sound design in this is top-notch, Mason. Mm. And I defy you to say something bad about it. I mean, I can do it probably. I'll think of something. Uh, Could be louder? Could be louder, but I mean, that might be an issue with my television. Sure, okay. You know. I can't lay that on, on those guys. Yeah. Can't lay that on Rydstrom. Maybe he could come around and turn up your television, though. That would be great if yeah. he could offer some sort of service like that. <laughs> that would be great. Terrific. Now, in the original novel, the armed forces of Costa Rica, who apparently haven't existed since, like, the 40s, they just come in and they carpet bomb the island. Oh, no. And that's how things end yeah. on this original island. That's why in the sequel, in the book, they have to go to Site B. Ice like, cream. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I mean, they end up destroying that island anyway in the movie. B stands for Buffalo Bill. Wow, I love a Buffalo Bill. And by that, I mean I eat it and I go, actually, this isn't very good. I've misremembered this. Mm-hmm. And this chewing gum nose, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I always thought as a kid, Mason. Go on. By the way, I love this movie as a kid. It melted my brain. Oh, you're not talking about Buffalo Bills. This isn't a childhood story about Buffalo Bills. I mean, it could be. Yeah. These things are, you know, they're probably linked in my mind. I always thought that the shaving cream can was going to be something, you know? Like it would, it would it's it's Chekhov's shaving cream yeah, can. Yeah, you see it, was, it dropped, it's covered in mud, you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. It was going to return in a sequel. See, I haven't seen the two Jurassic yeah. Park sequels, so it doesn't, it doesn't reoccur again. Well, so Steven Spielberg put it in intentionally to put it in the sequel, okay. right? Or like somewhere down the line, but the book goes in a different direction. However, the show Camp Cretaceous, it actually reappears in season five. I don't think it plays like a huge role, but mm-hmm. you know, 
it's it's there. Someone shaves with it. Yeah, I mean, but also at that point, they they made all the dinosaurs again. They don't they don't need it. That's true. Here's a question. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'll find this out in subsequent movies. The man who is purchasing the embryos, does yeah. he reoccur again? Wow. Who's that? What's that? That is a great question, who, and I have is, the answer. Okay, who is who is the who is the uh, rival company? Do, okay. they re, do they return again? I can't remember the name. Terrific. But uh, so Cameron Thor, he was actually up for Ian Malcolm initially, right? This is the actor. The actor, yes. But for the newest, latest movie, that character of Dogson, was recast, right? Okay. With Dogson being the man who who wanted to buy the embryos. Exactly. Okay. And he wears the little hat, right? Mm. Now, the reason it was recast is because he spent about six years in jail as a registered sex offender. Oh. So, yeah. So, that's... I think that character appears in the sequel book, I'm pretty confident. Okay. But he's only now just reappearing again in the sixth movie. Oh. So, there you go. Also, you might be like... Now, is that the one that's still to come? That's the one that's still to come. That's yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic World 3, Jurassic Park 6. Correct. Okay, great. <laughs> now, are you one of those guys that are like, I love I, I love dinosaurs and I hate all the inaccuracies in this? No. Well, Mason, there's so many dinosaur <laughs> inaccuracies in this. I don't this. care. It's irrelevant yeah, so to for me. example, I'm right, indifferent. Any, anything for example, you say right now, I'll be, I'll be indifferent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know how they're looking for amber? That's in the Dominican Republic. And no dinosaurs that were seen in this film, they, they were from that era or or area. Do you James, know what I mean? I don't care. Yeah, no, I know. It's crazy, right? Also, Velociraptors, actually the size of a turkey. Crichton actually based them more on the Deinonychus, right? But he's like, mm. that's not a cool name, Velociraptor. Is that something mm. you care about? I mean, I think I already knew that. Yep. Uh, and it doesn't affect my life in any way, really. So. Okay, what about this? What about this? They also probably didn't hunt in packs. Like, they'd maybe occasionally snap at the same thing, but they're just like, let's just, I don't know. We don't have to be friends. Let's not work together. They're like Komodo dragons, apparently. Wow! Yeah, there we you go. Got you got me. I've I turned got around. him. You got me. You got me. All right. Hit me with the next one. Here okay, we go. here we go. How about this one? How about this one? Actually, a version of dinosaur was discovered right after this called the Utheraptor Spielbergi, which bears a striking resemblance to the raptors in this movie. And that's why it's called that. Yawn. Oh, you no. lost me again. Sorry. Um, Sorry. You shouldn't have had such a boring fact. Boring. Can I get you back with some of them supposed to have feathers, maybe? No. God. I'm the, I'm like, God. And also, when we say that, people are going to be like, well, not technically. We don't, not all dinosaurs maybe had feathers. Hey, shut up. No one cares. No one cares about feathered dinosaurs. You're, you're back on, you're back on I'm, my I'm way on playing. board. There it is. There it is. Also, to be fair, they explain all these inaccuracies in Jurassic World. B.D. Wong's like, you know, we just made what people wanted to see. You know mm. what I mean? And I like that. Just be like, people, right. people want to see dinosaurs? Yeah, here's one. That's close enough, isn't it? Now shut up. Right. Do you have any watch trivia? There's a bunch of watches in this. Ian Malcolm's wearing a watch. Whoa. Robert Muldoon you is know, wearing I know, a watch. You know what I did not... I, I didn't write it down, <laughs> but I didn't notice any particular models. But I didn't... I, I thought I had when they're all in the helicopter going to Jurassic Park. Yeah. I'm like... What a world! Everybody's wearing a watch because nobody had a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, then. it's true. They had to find. They had to know had to the time fl- or fly through an interface on a computer right? to find the time. Okay, fair enough. You better be ready for watch trivia next week, Mason. Okay, great. It's coming in hot and fast. Anyways, uh, here's some green trivia. Love green trivia. This is where we talk about all the amazing facts that I've found on IMDb and various sources. I watch a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, Mason. Oh, yeah. This is more extensive. They seem manic and, like, unwieldy and they don't make sense. But I, I trawl through a bunch of crap to get here. You know what I mean? And it hasn't affected your mental state at all, so I don't good. think so. I don't think it has at all. Hmm. Uh, the kid Alan Grant spooks at the start. 
there was a fan theory that that's Owen Grady as a child. You know, the Chris Pratt uh, character. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. Don't worry about it. Terrific. Um, They could say it is, though. That's true. Mm. Ariana Richards, who plays Lex, was upset by the fact that an action figure of her character was not produced. Kenner made Grant Sattler... Which it is, mm. not Sadler. I did look it up. You are correct. <laughs> I know I'm correct. Mm. Muldoon, Nedry got an action figure. Tim got an action figure. Malcolm got an action figure. She did not get an action figure. Wow. Yeah, at the time. Mm. Maybe she has since. Maybe. Because how, how would they advertise it? Yeah. With Lex with boring nerd action. She does some good stuff. Computer and nerd action. She grabs the wire when there's oh, wire all. grabbing action. Yeah, wire grabbing action. Thank <laughs> you. What does Tim do? Karate chops. <laughs> he does do a bunch of karate chops yeah. in this. Yeah, you're right. Actually, Mason, if you examine the setup of the park, mm. this can be seen in the movie. That being said, if I if I can just go back to that, yeah. it is amazing to me that any of the f- I mean, there's there's. It's just Ellie and and Lex. Yeah, but it's, much, I'm yeah. sort of amazed that Ellie got an action figure as well. Like yeah, it, that's it's it's amazing that they're they're one for two. That's <laughs> actually incredible. You're absolutely right. If you examine the way the park is structured through the computer interfaces, Nedry didn't actually need to shut down any of the fences to get to the dock. Oh, but I guess he just did it. Yeah, because you see people during. And the... you love that, don't you? No, I think that's bad. Actually, maybe he's a bad bloke. Right. I thought about it, but here's something that is good about him. Uh, maybe he could have just gotten a different job. Yeah, at maybe Microsoft. Maybe he could have. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been some, less dinosaurs. Mm. I don't know. I can't say how many, but less. I would say probably a similar number of trips to a mysterious island, though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, James. I, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. But here's something fun about Nedry. His clothing throughout the movie it's eerily similar, and I would say on purpose to a bunch of outfits in the Goonies. Like he's wearing oh. Goonies outfits. Throughout this film. Huh. It's wild. Was Wayne Knight in the Goonies? No, but Steven Spielberg produced the Goonies. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So, like, what, so his, his, his... Wayne Knight was Will Wheaton in that movie. His thesis is that at least one of the kids in the Goonies grew up to be a really bad guy. <laughs> That's right. Interesting. And here's Sam Jackson's quote on returning to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, he was supposed to have a scene of him being chased and killed, but there are a bunch of storms while they were filming this and stuff got wrecked and they couldn't film that. So he was like, oh man, that would have been cool to film. But he said, I think about the dude from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, like, whatever his name is, I guess. His name's Ray. He's Samuel Jackson's been in a hundred thousand <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I mean, I didn't know his name, to be fair, in this <laughs> movie. He, he's somewhere riding around on velociraptors with one arm. He's just on that island riding raptors. Sounds good to me. See what I'm saying? If, if you don't see a character die, yep. and why wouldn't you put Sam Jackson back in there? I agree. You know? And you know what? You'd put you'd put him in because he's a big box office draw. Speaking of box office, here we go. Ah, oh, nice. Good segue. Uh, on a budget of $63 million. Oh, my God. What a, that's, that's, that is peanuts these days. <laughs> What'd you get for that now? Um, uh, Morbius. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Cinema's not always... Uh, mm. It's not always hitting great heights, is it? That's right. You know? Oh, I'm just... Uh, I'm, I'm Dr. Michael Morbius, and I'm, I'm, my illness makes me so weak. If only I could infuse myself with dinosaur DNA, <laughs> I could stalk the streets of New York as half-dinosaur man. <laughs> uh, it actually made nine... <laughs> It actually, it actually made nine hundred seventy-eight million. It actually made nine hundred seventy-eight million dollars, but it's been re-released a number of times, so that's now well over a billion. Spielberg himself made two hundred fifty million dollars on this movie alone. Whoa! And on top of that, merchandise-wise, over one thousand individual deals that were created for this movie generated over one billion dollars in revenue, including toys, making of books, yogurt, video games, fast food, bread. Do you oh. know what I mean? 
Jurassic, Jurassic bread. bread. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. Anyways. Maybe like that tiger-striped bread, you know. That's a, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Feathered bread. <laughs> Did you... Poison-spitting bread. <laughs> Looks like a regular loaf, but you squeeze the sides and it... Ah! <laughs> Did did you come around on this? I feel like I was just just spitting facts and nonsense. Yeah. Do you like this I movie? I do like this movie. Yeah. But do you you see that it's incredible, right? At a turning point in cinema. Yeah, but so are the Jurassic World movies. <laughs> oh my god, Mason! I don't hate those movies, but these are not the same. Mm. They're not the same, Mason. Mm. Like if you put them side by side, if they came out at the same time, they're not the same. But considering. The gap that these came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a ludicrous thing to say. And mm. I will kill you, Mason. That's fair. <laughs> there are no objective facts in, like, reviewing a movie, but you are mm. objectively wrong. Mm. I'm, I'm happy to say that. Anyways, next week, we'll be back for Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park The Lost World, number two. Oh. Yeah. Jurassic World negative two. Yes. What they call it. Is that true? I think so. They should probably... Like Jurassic World. Yeah, <laughs> assuming there's not a Jurassic World Zero. I don't think there is. So it'd be Jurassic World Negative 2. There's probably a book called Jurassic World Zero. Oh, maybe. Anyways, this is Caravan of Garbage. Yes, we do this every week. Uh, if you do have anything that you would uh, like to see, please leave it below. If you do have a comment on something that we missed that we didn't talk about, please write a comment. Ian Malcolm's got three kids. Do we meet any of the three kids? Yes. Do we in the sequels? There's one in the next one. Whoa. Yes. That's right. Where are his other kids? I don't know. He left them on another island. Terrific. <laughs> Who knows? Anyways, thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you to Ben and Lawrence for the edit. Also, if you do want to see these early, we have a service called Big Sandwich, which is like our private Patreon. We do movie commentaries. We do bonus podcasts, early videos, including the Caravan of Garbage videos. That's right. Fantastic. Uh, (laughs) It is fantastic. I agree. And, of course, our podcast, The Weekly Planet, where we talk movies and comics and TV shows, comes out every Monday and a day early. There. That's enough plugs. That's enough plugs and goodbye. Grab that jam, you guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria algae body oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.